Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Lots of football to jump into before we do uh, on today's Pirate Report. Let's uh, start with uh, some comments from local product out of South Central. Uh, Cam Colmore, who along with Matt Bridges combined for nine strikeouts over five innings of relief Saturday in the 11-8 Pirate Slugfest win. Uh, in the uh, third game of the series between ECU and UCF. We pick things up with uh, Colbord talking about after Saturday's game that he wanted to get back out there. He had had an outing uh, during the action on Friday that was not very productive, so he was ready to get the ball again. I didn't have my best stuff, and I was just eager just to get the ball again today and get back out there. Yesterday, Mayhew picked me up, and uh, I knew coming into the, the clubhouse today, I had to pick somebody up, and that was – that's my mindset today is, hey, it's time to pick somebody up. They picked you up last night. It's time to pick somebody up. So, and then Matt obviously picked me up. So, it's just a chain. Cam Colmore asked what was working better for him on uh, during his appearance Saturday than his appearance on Friday. Better command with a fastball. Um, fastball had a little more jump to it than it did last night. Honestly, uh, off speed wasn't the best it's been, but... I would just say command in the fastball. Coach Godwin getting tossed from Saturday's game, arguing balls and strikes. Uh, the inimitable Al Myatt asking, uh, did that give a little bit of juice to the pirate dugout? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was on the mound, and I saw him look back at the dugout and get the boys fired up, and you could feel the place, uh, you know, when he got thrown out, just, you know, the electricity just shoot up, and our, our dugout, it just got the dugout going, and um, – you saw the offense respond right after that happened. One thing it was good to see Saturday uh, was, uh, and Cam Colmore talked about this, the way the Pirates responded after suffering their first league loss of the year on Friday in game two of the doubleheader. The past, you know, two weekends, winning, how hard winning four games is. Uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't happen often. Um, and UCF's a great team. And we just knew today we got to respond. And tomorrow's a huge game. We got to win the series tomorrow. Well, they unfortunately did not go on to do that. Cam Colmore there uh, earning a split this weekend. Cliff Godwin with more coming up in our uh, inside the ECU clubhouse visit there. Uh, Pirates ranked number seven by the NCBWA poll, number eight by Baseball America. Perfect game, which has been bullish on ECU, drops them to ninth. Uh, D1 Baseball 10, USA Today, Coaches Poll 10, Collegiate Baseball 16. Ben, you know what that tells me? What's that? Too many poles in baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a Saturday where uh, the Pirates had their spring scrimmage, the uh, purple gold uh, scrimmage, pardon me, and the uh, gold squad with a 17-3 triumph on Saturday morning. Game moved up because of the uh, threat of the inclement and wet weather. Uh, let's see here. Mike Houston. Talking about, uh, well, just, uh, you know, what was the big thing out of spring practice or the the spring game? What was the number one thing out of the spring game? You're going to get all these other thoughts, but the coach opens with the most important thing out of Saturday scrimmage. Well, you know, the, the best thing coming out of today is no injuries. So everybody's healthy going into the summer. 
you know, that's, that's really the, the biggest thing I worried about, you know, this week uh, was, you know, just very happy with so many things this spring, just making sure that we didn't, didn't have anything here at the end that really was a, a negative. So uh, kids have fun today, okay? Um, I think they would have liked a little more scoring on the offensive side, uh, but uh, you know I think that's you know it shows you know when you start splitting things up the way you, you got split up right there, you know how much they need each other, uh, and so uh, but you know great to have uh, the fans that were here today. That was incredible. You know the fact that you know really we weren't having fans till this time last week, and uh, I kind of invited them, uh, but to have so many show up, that was just so great. Uh, and I just I, I told the kids that, that was the biggest thing they need to make sure that 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 we say thank you to that group for coming back uh, and just you know I look forward to the next time we're in a game situation in Daddy Ficklin Stadium I think September is it eleventh uh, is that the right date September eleventh okay uh, with the home opener uh, so hopefully there's fifty one thousand uh, pirates screaming and yelling in the in the stadium so but uh, good ending to the spring so now get ready for uh, final exams this week and uh, take a quick break and uh, get ready for summer training. Uh, Mike Houston on his biggest takeaways from the spring. Biggest takeaway uh, is probably just the improvement top to bottom in the, in the roster. Uh, and it's just, we were, we were talking earlier this week, you know, the fronts, uh, the size and the ability of the fronts uh, finally fits in with the AAC. Um, you know, the stand-up skill positions, uh, the speed that we have there. Uh, obviously is vastly improved and so that's that's one takeaway second takeaway uh, is probably just that we've got to we've got to make sure that we protect ourselves against the things that can keep us from having uh, the kind of year we have a chance to have you know we got to make sure that all those guys are on that field that they're on the field when it comes September 2nd down in Charlotte you know can't do anything that uh, takes that eligibility away from us takes that opportunity away from us got to make sure that we uh, you know address being able to function uh, you know, with the COVID virus, you know, whether that's we're all fully vaccinated or we, you know, can maintain uh, COVID protocols strictly uh, throughout the summer and the fall, uh, it's going to be an issue if we don't, uh, if we don't have an answer for it. And so yeah, those are probably the two biggest. All right. Uh, and then uh, coach was asked, this is cut eight on the vast soundbite roster, Ben, uh, the uh, plans, you know, kind of the program plans headed into the summer. Well, the next is the training this summer. Um, <clears throat> the big focus this winter has been trying to get bigger and stronger. Uh, we got to get in shape, uh, you know. So, uh, Coach Big John, he'll start here mid-May. We'll have some additions joining us, uh, a few in mid-May and a, f a few there at the beginning of June. So, by the beginning of June, we should have pretty close to our full roster for the fall uh, here training throughout the summer. Uh, but, you know, it's. It's that training. It's getting as big and as fast and as strong as we can before fall camp. Uh, it's continuing to uh, mesh uh, cohesively, uh, you know, all all phases, all people, uh, and so uh, you know that starts here in mid-May. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the the player stuff. Uh, Mike Houston talking about the play, particularly in the second half of the scrimmage, from both Mason Garcia and Ryan Stubblefield. Yeah, you know, it's those two. You know, Mason's had a little bit of game action, but not a lot. And that's the biggest thing when you get out there that's, you know, it's easy to, you know, in practice you got, you know, Donnie standing right there, you got Shank standing right there, you got Coach Dudzik standing right there, and they're all talking to the kids during practice. But you get out there on that field in the game, and it, it's all on them. And for some of them, that's their first college game action, like Ryan. 
and so I really felt like, you know, after they kind of calmed down, uh, they you know, did a lot of good things. But that, that experience, even though it's a, a spring scrimmage, that experience is so important for those young players. Uh, ben, a kid named Kerry Kings, who's a uh, walk-on freshman, uh, he, out of Virginia, he caught two touchdown passes, one each, uh, one from Mason, one from Stubblefield, right? That's right. Uh, real speedster sort of guy. Coach on his uh, outing as the uh, redshirt freshman caught those two balls. I'll tell you, he's had a great spring. Uh, we, we were talking about him this week because it wasn't just today. He's He has legitimately had a, uh, a solid, uh, you know, very impressive spring. Um, if you'd asked me a year ago if he would uh, be out there doing that, I probably would have said uh, no uh, because just, you know, he, he, he was not, you know, that what you saw today, he was not that when he first got here. But a lot of freshmen aren't, okay? Uh, he has worked so hard uh, and has developed himself, and he can run now. Uh, but just his consistency catching the football has been the biggest improvement on him this spring. So I'm excited to see him this summer. And hopefully, you know, he can translate that into uh, making the travel roster this fall. All right, Benjamin, uh, save the this part of the roster, the soundbite roster, right? And let's uh, get ready to use that uh, tomorrow. And we'll also have some uh, Holt Nailers and some other player stuff. How's that sound? That sounds like a plan, doesn't it? Because we got to get the Cliff Godwin here. So stand by with that. Uh, ben, right now with an update, World of Sports and Beyond. And uh, then we will go and uh, have Cliff Godwin inside the ECU clubhouse with uh, his reaction after the weekend split. Right now, Ben Byram with uh, what is happening out there. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. From the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are receiving multiple calls from teams ahead of the NFL draft asking whether they can get a deal done to move up in the number eight spot. While Panthers GM Scott Fitter has publicly stated he's very open to the idea, Dallas Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee has announced his retirement after making two Pro Bowls and being in the league for 11 seasons. Veteran offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert has also announced his retirement. Over the weekend, the Chiefs shipped out a first-round pick along with three other draft picks to the Ravens for Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. From college football, Central Michigan quarterback John Keller in serious condition after being shot in an off-campus party over the weekend. From the NBA, the Clippers are signed and center DeMarcus Cousins for the rest of the season. And from the NHL, veteran Blackhawks forward Andrew Shaw is retiring from the NHL at the age of 29 due to concussions. And the Carolina Hurricanes are back at it tonight as they take on the Dallas Stars. The puck drop set for 730. Expect to start in the net for the Canes is James Reimer, while the Stars are rumored to start former Hurricane Anton Kadobin. If the Canes get a point tonight, they'll clinch a spot in the 2021 NHL playoffs. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. Play ball! It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94-3, the game. Going back, looking up. See you later! Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency. Covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center. Reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. Pirates get a series split with UCF over the weekend. ECU head coach Cliff Godwin joins us uh, here on the uh, 
uh, program as uh, we uh, talk with him every Monday following uh, Pirate uh, Baseball Weekend Series and uh, do appreciate his time. Uh, Coach, uh, competitive weekend, and it was a UCF team that you talked about quite a bit. I mean, they had been up and down and uh, had a, at least this weekend seemingly a few more up moments. Yeah, they played good against us, and uh, as we talk about all the time with our team, everybody's going to give us their best shot. Uh, you know, being ranked, being East Carolina, that's just the world that we live in, and uh, it, it's okay because it makes us better. And we uh, got a split, you know, the first time this year in conference that we haven't won the series. And uh, for us to sit here and think probably we're going to win every weekend, that was probably not realistic just because it's baseball. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that was our goal. We were in a position yesterday to win the series, and we played back. And it wasn't because our guys weren't ready to play. We just didn't perform at the level we needed to to win the game. And, and UCF did, and their pitcher was outstanding. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, I, it's – it's baseball, so you to look at their, their the last two guys they started on the mound. The guy on Saturday last week he went eight and a third against South Florida. He also like went eight plus innings against Ole Miss. We knocked him out in the first inning. The guy that started yesterday didn't get out of the second inning last weekend versus South Florida, and then he pitched like that against us. Uh, so that's baseball. And the guy that pitched yesterday, I mean, he's a draft prospect. He's really good. And, he had really good command yesterday at three pitches, and it was fastball to both sides of the plate, and it made it really difficult for us, especially when we got behind. It just was tough sledding uh, once we got behind. Yeah, it seemed like he located his fastball really well, and, and there's a reason he is considered a draft prospect to spit despite some inconsistency, and, and he showed uh, every bit of that yesterday. Flip side of that, uh, you know, there, there's not a guy I imagine on this staff that you'd want to have the baseball in a key game than, than Tyler Smith, but he just, I mean, yesterday pressed a little, didn't have it. No, Mitty uh, is uh, an unbelievable competitor. Um, he didn't have it yesterday, couldn't find it. I mean, he's actually had some stuff, you know, kind of some personal stuff, family stuff going yeah. on off the I didn't know about until after the game. So mm. uh, I'm sure he had some thoughts going on in his head that just were distracting and um, I wish I could have helped him, you know, maneuver through it a little bit better. But at the end of the day, we'll get him right this week, and, uh, you know, we'll get ready for this weekend. You know, we, we talk a lot about uh, these are all individuals. They've bought into a family and team concept, but they're all individuals. They all have things that go on in their in their lives. Uh, and there's certain guys like that that uh, maybe are, want to keep those things internalized or private. Uh, and then there's guys who I'm sure would come to you right away, and there's not a right or wrong answer to that. But that, that again, goes back to uh, there's a lot more to this, isn't there, Coach, than just baseball? A lot more to it. <clears throat> and I've said this a few times in the media, but COVID has made a lot of people think uh, negatively, in my opinion. It's just, you know, when we were shut down for almost a year, uh, and I'm talking about society, I'm not talking about our team, it's yeah, just yeah. – Hard on, it's been hard on people and um, just not having the human interaction as much as they did before COVID. Uh, the hugs, the handshakes, it's, it's all different. And uh, our guys have done a really good job maneuvering through it, but they have life too. They have families. You know, people get sick and uh, people die, unfortunately. And, you know, parents lose jobs. 
like all that stuff, that's life and it, it weighs on them. So, you know, we're just here to help them as people more so than baseball players. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I, look, our fans are great. Uh, they're like any fans though. You, you have some knuckleheads, but I mean, that's everybody. <laughs> But I mean, you know, the the, the thing I, I I hope that people and I and I think the majority of our fan base get it is these are young men that you're bringing along to become great men in our society uh, and and wherever they wind up in life. And I mean, there's just look, nobody out there yesterday wanted to split the series on the ECU <laughs> side of things. I mean, nobody was doing anything to. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, you could be. You could show up and feel amazing, and you just don't you don't have your best stuff. It just happens. Patrick, it's baseball. You play 56 regular season games in a normal year. Obviously, we won't play 56 right, because yeah. of you know, losing uh, one game when we played Elon just two times and then losing the four games. But we're about 62% <clears throat> through our season so far. We're 28-7. Um, Not bad. I don't know. Not bad. Malcolm, <laughs> hey, have to, Malcolm would have to give you the, the facts, but yeah. since I've been the head coach here, we've never been 28-7. Yeah. So um, we went 9-2 and two in our first 11-game segment, and we always talk about we need to go 8-3 and three mm-hmm. to, to three games in those 11-game segments. We went 9-2 and two in the first 11, 8-3 in the second 11, 10-1 in the third segment, and then we're 1-1 one one in this segment. So our guys have been pretty daggone consistent, and they've done a really good job. Yesterday was not our day, and we didn't perform at a level we needed to. And, you know, our, our guys are going to be ready to get back out of practice and ready to go to get ready for Wichita. I was able to uh, really uh, look in on and listen in on uh, every game with the exception of really the second one Friday. Um, I'm just curious to get your take on that. I, I know you said afterwards yesterday, and it did appear, you know, to, to me, for what it's worth, that, that again, um, this wasn't like a UNCW or an e, or a UNC, as you said. Uh, the guys were there; they were in, they were in the present moment. And they were uh, they were there yesterday. One, they showed up. In other words, was, was that the case on uh, uh, the second game of the doubleheader Friday? Again, I, I really didn't see that and didn't get a chance to to take in the post game remarks. I just wanted to get your you know impressions on on the first day of the doubleheader. No, I think our guys are ready to play all weekend. Um, you know, <clears throat> we need to get our starters to get through more than three innings. You know, the guys that are going past Gavin, I mean, that just puts you in a bind. And that was, you know, what happened on Friday and the second game. But the, the, the positive by yesterday is you had three freshmen roll out there and put up zeros and yeah. three different mm-hmm. and deep. Those guys down the stretch, I mean, Landon again had his first appearance on Friday. And then his second appearance uh, yesterday of the season, uh, Danny Beal, Josh Grode, um, and we're going to need those guys down the stretch. You know, when, when we talked to Coach Dietrich a couple weeks back, he kind of just talked about that, and that is, you know, we we are going to have to have not only the depth that we do have performed, but we need to bring along some other guys. And then, as you said, uh, Groves and Gen, you know, Gen appears a couple of times over, over the weekend. We've seen uh, Danny appear uh, a couple of times here and there, uh, and, and he's someone in particular. I think Coach Dietrich was looking towards of you know maybe getting some more innings. Um, but but you 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 noted maybe in a different situation those guys wouldn't have, have pitched yesterday. And I know you're going to talk with them and you're going to go back and review things. But uh, Josh Groves and Landon Ginn in particular, 
you go with them. Uh, just kind of give us the book on them so far this year, where, where they have come since the start of the season and where they are right now in your mind. Well, Landon, you know, uh, to start with, uh, was uh, in COVID protocol. Um, so that put him behind. You know, when we got back, yeah. he, since we got back, he just – and it wasn't as soon as we got back. It was, I think it was right around the beginning of practice. So, obviously, you've got a lot of time. I mean, I forget how many days it was back then with the protocols. but It's almost a month with everything. It, yeah. yeah, it's like three weeks. So, when you're a pitcher, that's just not conducive for you to, you know, be ready to go when you get cleared. So, um, that slowed him down. And he's also just – here and there had some different arm soarnesses. So um, we were kind of in the midst of, you know, talking about red shirt and maybe not. Then he, you know, he wants the ball. And so this weekend was a great opportunity for him. He actually traveled to Houston. You know, it was the first time he'd been on the travel roster, traveled to Houston. Of course, we didn't play, but um, he was available that weekend. Uh, Josh Rose has continued to just get a little bit better. Um, in the fall, he actually was really good. And then as things happen, you know, you get a tick off. And he, he wasn't as good early in the spring, but he's continued to develop and get better. And Danny is a guy that's uh, really a good pitcher. He has three pitches, but he's been up in the zone lately. Yesterday was a much better outing. Proud of him. So those three guys are part of the future. So um, and you keep getting better. And, uh, you know, our older guys need to keep mentoring them so they can keep getting out there in those situations. It's inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball coach Cliff Godwin. I'm Patrick Johnson. It's brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services and Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center. With uh, your left side of the infield, Agnos and Ryder Giles, um, they're more than just defensive guys now for you. It seems like that they're starting to uh, to maybe turn a little bit of a, a corner here at the plate and and make, uh, I mean, already tough outs in this lineup, but just adding to the tough outs in the Pirate lineup. Hey, absolutely. We, Agnos and Ryder had as good a falls offensively as anybody on a team, and that's baseball. You get off to a slow start, and you start pressing, and you start trying to do more than what you're capable of, and then all of a sudden the game is just beating you down. So both those guys have really done a great job over the past month. They both. Uh, work with me and just slowed the game down and we've worked on their, their mental side of things and they've been great and it definitely has extended our lineup and, and those guys have done a good job down there we've got uh, coach cliff godwin with us uh, going inside the pirate clubhouse with the coach uh, ecu at wichita state uh, wichita state uh, has been tough at home they have uh, kind of hit the skids here uh, in recent times overall after a really good starting conference uh, but uh, no doubt they will be ready uh, when ECU comes to town for uh, what will be their first uh, conference uh, road series of this uh, 2021 season. Coach Godwin uh, is uh, joining us uh, here, and we appreciate uh, his time very much, as always. Did you feel, Coach, that uh, – and I know we talked a little bit about uh, Smitty and, and his situation, but with Cooch Maynard, that, that both those guys maybe – well, the, the Smitty thing we've sort of already addressed. With Cooch Maynard uh, Saturday um, – did you feel like maybe he was pressing a little bit himself? I think Cooch and Smitty both, anytime that they don't perform at a high level, they're pressing or they got the wrong thoughts going through their, their, their head because nobody cares more about ECU baseball than those two guys. And 
said this yesterday. Sometimes I feel like our guys care too much. They make it life or death. I try to tell them all the time, it's not life or death. There is nothing that we do on that baseball field that is going to solve world problems <laughs> and life or death. And, look, I've learned that. Um, um, as a player, I probably treated it like that more so than not, and even probably as a coach early on. And um, I was at peace yesterday after we lost the game because I knew our guys were ready mentally. We just didn't execute. And if you show up every day, the, the wins and losses will take care of themselves. And yeah. Um, wasn't mad at our guys, didn't yell at them, you know, much differently than the way I felt. Like I said, the UNCW and the Carolina game where I think our minds were where they needed to be, and we didn't show a lot of toughness on the road in those two games. But yesterday we just got behind and we were facing a really good pitcher and we could not scratch anything across and know our hitters are not terrible. They just had an off day and we faced a really good pitcher. I think Saturday, though, uh, shows – the mantle of this program. I mean, you come back, it's uh, a split of the doubleheader. Saturday's a really important game. Your guys, especially early on, responded. You got out of that uh, inning early on, um, but then uh, and then, then the bats kind of took off uh, after that. Uh, Do you like the way your team played and how they re- responded to things uh, coming out? A couple of offensive explosions in that game on uh, on Saturday. Well, throughout the season, you have to maneuver through different things that happen. And, um, of course, you know, we hadn't lost the conference game. How, how are they going to react? And, and I felt confidently they'd be ready to play. And, like I said, our guys care. And uh, they showed up, and they were chomping at the bit on uh, Saturday to get ready to go. And it was an early game, so it was a quick turnaround. Yeah. I mean, think about going from 18 innings and getting out of here, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And – um, having to flip around and have to be up here at 7.30 in the morning to get ready for the next game. So that uh, quick turnaround, I thought our guys did a tremendous job being ready to go. I don't I don't want to uh, – when when you're tossed from that game, are you're able to watch it, though, aren't you, from basically on television or on the stream, right? I'm like you, Patrick. I have to, you know, pull my computer up. We need to just wire a feed. You know, not that no. we want this to happen a bunch, but we'll figure out a way to wire a feed to where you don't have to don't go want, through all the computer. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, I, I thought you meant like micing me up. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, no. I, nobody needed to talk to you at that point. I don't think. Uh, but but I, I uh, that that was an interesting time. Hey, I, wanna, I know you've been asked a lot about uh, uh, Carson Wizard. We're probably still a little too early to to kind of know what the next few days are going to look like for him, aren't we? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll pitch this weekend. Um, you know, he's felt better as each day passes, but we're not going to rush him. As I said yesterday, he's too valuable for the future of our program, and you know he's got a lot of baseball in front of him um, himself You know, down the road. So uh, we're going to take it slow. We're going to make sure he feels great before he picks up a baseball, and um, hopefully each day he continues to feel better. Coach, any update? Uh, you know, we've seen a little Lane Hoover here lately. Of course, uh, Skylar Brooks. And if this is something uh, with Brooks that you've updated, or even uh, condition on Hoover, forgive me for asking again. But uh, for our listeners, what is an update on, on their respective health status? Lane is, you know, I would say Lane's probably 90%. Um, I think that, you know, we threw him in the fire early, which he wanted to go in there. He ran on adrenaline that first game and really just hasn't, looked like himself after that 
Um, I thought after I gave him a little time off, and I think that was the game three on Saturday. I gave him just, and then he went in the middle of the game. Um, I think that helped him mm-hmm. just to sit back and be able to watch the game a little bit. Um, of course, he wanted to play, and then he goes in and, um, you know, puts the ball in play with two strikes, and the left hand throws it down the line um, where it's allowed us to score two runs. Mm-hmm. I think that was in the inning, and he played good yesterday. So, um, you know, every day I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to continue to get back to full strength. Skylar Brooks uh, pulled his hamstring pretty severely. Um and actually had to have a, a minor surgery. Um, so I, it is very doubtful that he'll be back this year just because of the rehab time. Um, but he's been a great teammate, and he's been talking to the guys in the dugout and um, just helping in any way he can. With Hoover, you say, and you talk about his kind of where he is, Does that are you all having to adjust with how you're you know, dealing with him uh, in practice and, and other things like that? We did to start with, um, but not now. I mean, he's doing okay. everything else is doing now. But to start with, of course, yeah, we wouldn't let him take infield outfield on game days just to, to conserve his energy and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, but now, it, it, when I say 90%, he just hadn't gained all his weight back, all of his strength back. I mean, he right. lost 20 pounds. He's probably up um, 13 pounds. So, still got seven to go. And just in the weight room, he's weaker, which affects – you know, how hard he can swing the bat and the physicality of uh, of him, uh, which I know he's not a big dude, but still it matters. And uh, so he's working on that. And I think probably in two weeks, I would say he'll be full strength. Gotcha. Uh, Coach, uh, this week, uh, trip out to uh, Wichita State. Uh, what's kind of the, the itinerary for the week and then the itinerary for the trip out to Wichita? Uh, they'll lift today. Um Actually, I don't know exactly what we're going to do tomorrow. It will not be a lot. Um, and then Wednesday, we will practice here. Our position players will lift weights again on Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, we'll leave here around 7.30 on the bus and go to Raleigh and fly, I think, from Raleigh to Atlanta, Atlanta to Wichita. We'll practice up there Thursday night and then play four games and come back on Sunday. Our guys actually have exams starting this week, too, so it's in the middle of exams. So mm. uh, we need sure that our guys manage their schedules good so they're not tired when we play um in wichita yeah that, this is the tough week with uh finals that's always uh uh the tough thing to kind of uh, make your way through uh near the end of the semester and and uh i guess no worth noting too you guys got a couple practices in at houston on the turf this is a turf field you'll be playing on so there is some familiarity with that at least yeah, it's all turf, so that, that was the positive of the Houston trip that we got a practice and a scrimmage in on turf before we headed back. So, um, But their field's entirely turf, so um, we'll go up there and practice on a Thursday night. We're ready to go on Friday. Coach, uh, thanks for the time. Best of luck at Wichita State. Enjoyed the conversation. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh.
The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of pirate football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Nice day today. It's going to be very summer-like. A little bit of a rain chance into the week, but other than that, uh, sunny and very, very uh, summer-like the next few days. Uh, Ben uh, LeBeijing, did you see uh, where this bar in Cincinnati, Ohio, is not going to air any NBA games until LeBeijing is, was it disciplined or or flat out let go from the Lakers? or something like that. Expulsion. Just kind of, uh, in, I mean, I'm not for the cancel culture, so, you know, maybe. I don't think the guy's going to lose any business. No, Put no. It that way. No, 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 no. I don't think so. But then LeBeijing tried to get back at him on Twitter. I, if, I, if I'm if i laboring at this point, I stay off of Twitter, right? We've, he's not we've because he's this convinced. guy thinking he's an intellectual and that what he says yes. matters. And look, there's a huge assumption in this world if you're very well off uh you're smart that you have an opinion that people want to hear and that you're intelligent that's not the case well our rich dummies out there and look there's a lot of people who are quite intelligent and maybe even have divergent opinions politically from from mine that uh you know are, are, are not terribly affluent but are just very decent smart people you have a different opinion. Doesn't mean you should be hated. But if you're speaking in ignorance or tweeting in ignorance, like Le Beijing, and you're a hypocrite like he is, it's you know, it's like Chuck Schumer talking about he was sitting two feet from his television, gonna have a beer and watch the the Oscars last night. He was Ridiculous the only one. Tweet. He was one of the few and the proud. Uh, Hey, great to hear from Cliff Godwin. Tomorrow, uh, we'll see what the Canes do. Some uh, chatter about that. One uh, point. Only one point. That's all you need. And then uh, more from uh, the Pirate players from the Purple Gold scrimmage this weekend. Uh, For Ben Byron, Patrick Johnson, catch you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson's show.